This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live on a Monday, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying your October 12th thus far, wherever and however you're connected. Thank Columbus Day. Great to have you with us. Is it? Indigenous People Day? Oh, okay. Great. That's awesome. It's always it's a holiday. Day, right? It's always someday. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who knows his holidays and who also just overnighted a pair of blue goggles to ESPN's Kirk Herbstreet. His name is Jerem Jordan. Listen, Kirk needs these. We love Brigham. We get paid by Brigham. We love Brigham. Uh, but Kirk Herbstreet of ESPN, for the second week in a row, Tweets that he has BYU two out of his college football playoff rankings of those who have played. Of course blue he does. I think, I think that's pretty blue goggle. Blue goggle alert. Blue goggle Listen, alert. we love Brigham, but that's, that's, a, that's a pretty wild take. Again, of those who have played. <laughs> so Ohio State, Penn State, Oregon are ranked above BYU and haven't played. Wisconsin behind BYU. Pretty interesting take. Uh, BYU, obviously, with like the weakest schedule of those there. But the domination, we're going to talk about it. Oh, seven-point margin. Was it enough? Uh, I still think it's a blue goggle take. When I saw the tweet from Kirk again, I tried to find a gif of Herbie Goes Bananas. <laughs> but I couldn't find one. Can someone make me a gif for Herbie Goes Bananas? Yeah, yes. What a great day. We'll do it for free for this man. <laughs> a delightful Monday show lineup. ESPN college football insider Trevor Maddich and friend of Kirk Herbstreit lives in the same town as in Nashville will join us. Was BYU negatively impacted by all of this national hype? Is that why they only won by seven points? The debut of Check My Mentions. Mm -hmm. I've wanted this for a while. There were some hot takes in the mentions after the game on Saturday. Plus, the best and worst of BYU's win against the Roadrunners. Don't forget how BYU's previous opponents in the 2020 schedule thus far helped the Cougars out over the weekend. Hey, hey, go Troy, go Navy. They they helped the Cougars. Before we get to headlines, some news just into the news desk of Studio B. BYU and ESPN have announced the kick time and TV info for the BYU-Texas State game on October 24th. BYU after dark, Jerem, 10-15 Eastern, 8-15 Mountain, broadcast on the worldwide leader, ESPN. They're not in the afternoon anymore. Nope, Nope. they're not anymore. Maybe North Alabama, we think, on BYU TV. We'll see. Pretty cool to get the mothership for Texas State, though. You know what I'm saying? So uh, countdown at uh, 9 Eastern that night, and Cougar pregame live at uh, 8-15 Eastern. So mothership is the point. When you're ranked... Yeah, we'll take that game in the late window. When you're listen, life's good, man. Everyone generally, you know, friendship. You get asked, "How's life?" I'm like, "Always wins and it's undefeated." My life's amazing. It could be whatever off the field. You know what I mean? But on the field, always four zero. My life's <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> I'm not even on the team. Well, my house just burned down and uh, everything. But BYU's but BYU undefeated. Is 4-0, so They're undefeated. Insurance will cover that. We're good. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Number 15, because BYU's ranked, Brigham beat UTSA 27-20 thanks to 22 of 30, 292, three total touchdowns for Zach Wilson. It was an off day. It was an off day. He only had 292 yards. Uh, Dax Milne, seven for seven in catches, 102 yards. Tyler Algier, 19 carries, 116 yards, touchdown. BYU now 4-0 for the first time since 2014. How about that? Head coach Kalani Stake knows there is improvement to be had. 
uh, we can play a lot better than this. You know, this is a good wake up call for us. And um, just wh- wh- whatever the focus was, it wasn't good enough. And that's my job as head coach to get these guys ready. Um, but also, we won the game, you know, so we got to celebrate the win. You play to win the game. BYU plays at Houston Friday. Big game. Big game for BYU. As you mentioned, Jaron, BYU was number 15 when they beat UTSA. Now the Cougars are number 14 in the AP Top 25 poll, 13th in the Sports Information Directors poll. Yeah, SID poll. This AP ranking marks the highest the Cougars have had under Coach Kalani Satake and the program's best ranking since 2009 when BYU climbed as high as number 7 before that Florida State debacle. This is also the first time in the BYU Independence era the Cougars have been ranked in the polls for five straight weeks. Not bad. This is pretty good. BYU hoping to get into the college football playoff poll for the first time. That does not happen until November 17th. Typically, it comes out around this time. Beat Houston. Do it, and you got a shot. Cougars in the NFL. Sione Taki, not a shot. They'd be in it. Sione Taki Taki, seven tackles in a Browns win over the Colts. Browns are, like, good or something? Fred Four Warner had eight tackles. Eh, it's almost 5-0. and oh. A quarterback hit in a TFL, and the Niners blow it. Lost to Kyle Evan and the Dolphins. Surprising for the uh, Niners. I know they're struggling with injuries, but that was weird. Daniel Sorensen and the Chiefs lost 40-32 to the Raiders? What? Ben Bagley over Jason Shepard. <laughs> Sorensen had six tackles in a quarterback hit tonight. Michael Davis, don't call me Davies, and the Chargers play Taysom Hill and the Saints. It's amazing to watch several former BYU Cougars do their thing at the highest level and be significant contributors, no less. Yeah, that's awesome, man. They're not like practice squad or just there. They're doing stuff. John Rothstein confirms BYU basketball will play in the Legends Classic, a multi-team tournament to take place at Mohegan Sun Arena in Connecticut. The Cougars will join UConn, USC, and Vanderbilt, power six programs, right, if you include Connecticut. Yes, absolutely. Well, eh, the AAC technically not in there, but, but UConn's legit, right? Official practices for the Cougars start October 14th, and you can watch that practice live on the BYU TV app, 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain on the 14th. Very excited about that. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. I can't believe the Cougars only won by seven points. This is unbelievable. What a pathetic showing. These are the type of things that I was hearing on social media from BYU fans. And that you can find on Cougar Board. Jerem, undoubtedly, the game was closer than everybody expected mm-hmm. and made the guy that bet $240,000 on <laughs> BYU to just win so that he could earn $3,000 sweat for sure. Yeah. But the Cougars still won. I can't believe you did that. That's crazy. And a win's a win. What was the best and worst of BYU's win against UTSA on Saturday? Best is winning. Listen, BYU's 4 0. Amen. Since 2014. Fantastic. We t- <sighs> People, what did I say a few weeks ago? If he was going to play a close game, he didn't expect. It will happen. This was the game. None of us expected this to be close. BYU didn't. I don't even know if UTSA expected it to be. Vegas certainly didn't. 35-point line. Hello. Seven-point game. BYU wins. In 1984, BYU wins in Natty. That was a great team. The best team in BYU history. How many one-score games did they play? Five. Some of those to teams, you'd be like, whoa, whoa, what? Wyoming? Why no, Jaron, but those teams were good, right? No. Mm, no. Uh, so winning's awesome. Moving up a spot in the AP poll is good, right? Mm-hmm. Despite oh, mar- I guess margin didn't matter this week. Margin mattered the first three weeks to establish the identity of BYU because now people are like, did BYU win or not? 
They're not going to look at the margin as much. They'll just look at the fact that BYU is undefeated. Okay, and then three. Zach Wilson was awesome again. 22 of 30, 292, two touchdowns. A few poor decisions in throwing. Got away with uh, not having an interception that should have been caught. But uh, he, he was good. He is graded on a steeper curve now due to killing it on the first three tests. Now he got an A-, minus, and we're like, well, it wasn't an A+. plus. It was still an A-. minus, And he was awesome. And he actually set a BYU record in the game, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Remix! Yes, it is. Zach Wilson is the fastest BYU quarterback to 1,000 yards in a season by attempts. 73. Let's go. Think about that. Think about all the quarterbacks that have thrown a million yards here. And your boy, Zacharias F. Wilson, is the leader in fastest to a thou. That is incredible. So he continues to uh, crush it. And my fourth thing, Kalani Sataki, happy 45th birthday. He gets a win. How do the close captioners handle a thou? Is it just a thou? T-H-O-U. T-H-O-U. <laughs> We're going to see it a couple times. Thou, 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 thou. We need to combine for a significant present for the closed captioners. Maybe we can borrow some cash from the 240 guy. <laughs> for venturing on this show. Yes, the best part about Saturday was BYU won the game. They won the game. Did, did we forget that? Because it felt like that on social media. This is terrible. Oh, this is the BYU team that we know and love from the recent past. Uh, no, it's not. Because BYU won the game. I believe Cougar Stats put it out. Yes, Cougar Stats. So you, you brought up a brilliant point over the offseason because I was like, Power 5! And you said, eh, group of five. Got to beat group of five. So 11 and 12 the last three years to non-Power 5 teams. That's just bad. Mm-hmm. And Cougar Stats said, well, within, within that number up to yesterday, in one-score games, one BYU score was 2-8. and eight. So I, now, the, now they're 3-8. and eight. So BYU was losing this game in the past three years. Yes. They were losing this game. BYU lost this game to Northern Illinois. Weird game at home. So bad. Lower scoring than expected. Toledo, UCF. Low UMass. energy. Yeah, 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 yeah. There were so many. Yes. So he took that stat next level within – those 12 or 10 losses, whatever, to group of five, non-Power 5 teams. That BYU were one score One score, two and eight before Saturday. BYU won the game. That means 11 of the 13 or 14 had been one score, by the way. So if BYU was losing, it was unfortunately it was close. close. It was a gut punch, rip yeah. your heart out type of game. Yeah, there were a lot of great moments, uh, particularly the Neil Pau catch. Ooh, that was awesome. He wow. totally redeemed himself after that <laughs> early fumble yes, inside the 10-yard line with really one of the catches of the year. I mean, I'd, I'd be shocked if that's not top five by the end of the season. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think that catch is one of the top – I don't know where to put it yet. We're going to do a show at some point. It's right there. With top the 100 plays yes, in BYU history. Yes. Honestly, like – the toe tap in the back of the end zone was unbelievable. Here it is. It's right there with the uh, Glenn Kozlowski toe tap in the national championship yes. game against Michigan. Oh, by the way, this is fourth and goal. Fourth and it's goal. It's not first and goal. It's fourth and goal. Russell Wilson to DK Metcalf on fourth and goal as well. Okay. How about that? So in terms of a moment, that was the best moment for me. Yeah. Uh, the worst thing that happened on Saturday was probably BYU's overall ball security. There were some issues there. Yes. Sure. Between the backup center, Joe Tukuafu, and Zach Wilson at one point. We didn't see that the week before with LaTeX. This was a worse game in that regard. 
And Tyler Algier and Zach Wilson had some handoff problems. And you saw Zach make what I felt like was the first really bad decision of the season. And he was bailed out because the guy trying to intercept the ball had a club hand. (laughs) Seriously. He doesn't catch his like, oh, because he has a cast on. He's got a cast on his hand. (laughs) So thank you. That was a, like, he looked like Ossie Antonetti 1998, I think, played part of the season with. A club on his, he's left-handed, As a and he's spiking player. the ball with a club. <laughs> How is that legal? Yeah, it it was it was rough to watch some of those things, yeah. and then BYU missed their first kick of the season because Jake Oldroyd didn't play. Okay, that that was big pregame news was that Jake Oldroyd back spasms uh, couldn't go, so it changed how BYU approached field position. Were they going to kick? Were they going to go for it at this point of the field? Da, da, da. I don't think it's a seven-point game if Jake Oldroyd plays. No. I think it's more like a 13-point game. And then it's a less of a question. But, yeah, it was. Fu- I'm fine with BYU not playing their best in a game. Guess what? It was at home. It was UTSA. What if it was on the road at, at Houston, right? So, uh, And then there was this conversation of, and you, you did a lot of questions in the postgame about this with the guys, is, hey, did you drink the poison? Like, what impact did that have on this? Here's Tyler Algier on that question. We just got to work hard to be number one, work hard to be number one. I don't really care for the standings. We just got to worry about us right now collectively as a group. Whether they did or did not, they won the game, and I think now they can give full focus and energy to, oh, maybe we're not as good as we think we are. Yeah, but it cost us some rankings. Oh, wait, it didn't. Oh, wait, it didn't. Um, Go to Houston, play well. I think there's great value in this idea. Think about the mental and emotional and physical investment BYU typically puts into these Power 5 games in the first four. Think about that. They haven't had to do that here. They did it for Navy. That much was clear. I think they did it for Troy and LaTeX as well. They probably did it for UTSA, whatever. Going into Houston, they have had this circled, this game circled. They had Navy circled. They had Houston circled. If I'm a player, let's be honest, if I'm a player, I'm like, all right, we're going to win LaTeX, Troy, UTSA. I'm looking at Navy, I'm looking at Houston, I'm looking at Boise State, I'm looking at San Diego State. Now, guess what? A little more focus, a little more effort, a little more energy, a little more film study, a little more everything in practice. BYU is going to bring it Friday. I really believe that. Because they're used to bringing it against, oh my gosh, all these Power 5 teams at the beginning. And then in the fifth game last year was Toledo, and it's like, oh, finally a non-Power 5, we can chill a little bit. It cost BYU last year. Now BYU amps it up. For Houston, in what they know is, hey, if we want to do something special this season, got to win this game. You know what else BYU has? Relatively good health. And we think that BYU will have James Empey back at center. We're hoping that they have Jake Oldroyd. Tristan Hodge at right guard, hopefully. They, they've got their quarterback and feature backs, both healthy going into the game. I have a Knock question. on wood. Yeah. I have a question about Gunnar Romney, though. He took some big hits. Um, it looked like they looked at his either ribs or shoulder. During the game, he came back in, but he is one of the top receivers in the country right now, and I hope he's good because he is a key to BYU uh, beating Houston. Uh, his ability to get down the field. Nice game from Dax Milne, by the way. I didn't give any worse. Uh, the only wor- there wasn't anything wor- worse really, but the only thing was that the game was in the balance at the it end. It was weird, but maybe that was good for BYU to play a close-ish one. It didn't cost BYU in the rankings. No, it did not cost him in the rankings. Great teams don't play close games, Spencer. Not true. Uh, Love that BYU team in 1996 that played a three-point game against six and five New Mexico yeah. at home in Lavelle Stadium, 17 to 14. Alabama gave up 45 points to Ole Miss, or as Bronco Mendenhall used to call him, Ole Miss. 
old, no, he'd call miss. him old miss. Like, you mean old? <laughs> All good. Our question of the day. Like three million a year. Ole! What was the best and worst of BYU's win over UTSA? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Tanner Christensen answers on Twitter. Best? Zach Wilson and Tyler Algier continued their steady, consistent good play. Yeah, aside from a few weird handoffs, Algier was a physical presence, yeah. goes over 100 yards again. Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson, 22 for 30, by the way, is over 70%. Okay, can we just make that clear? He threw for over 75%, but it wasn't 85 His percentage is down to 81. It's just not good enough. Okay, Tanner continues. The worst. Penalties on both sides and poor ball handling with fumbles, mishandled handoff exchange. Yeah, the penalties for BYU were... Offside caused a couple first downs. A touchdown comes on a free play that way. They were untimely. They they were like, again, not all penalties are created equally. Right. They seem to have extra sting. Yes. Uriah Tala came back, by the way. Did have an offside call on him. Two. Two, in fact. There you go. Uh, so hopefully he kind of cleans that up, but good to see him back. Oh, but he helps the BYU depth on the defensive line. They need yeah. it. Tyler Batty did not have three sacks in this game, which was a shock. I'm kidding. <laughs> still in the top ten for still uh, the... sacks in the nation. Coming up, better Wilson at QB right now, Zach or Russell? And what does Trevor Maddich think of all of this Kirk Herbstreit hype for BYU? Does he think that it negatively impacts BYU? This is BYU Sports Nation. Not his head, what is that one? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join Greg Rebell as he talks with Jeff Grimes and Ned Lamb on Coordinator's Corner as we take a look at the win over UTSA. Preview Houston. It's coming up right after us, 1 Eastern, and of course on demand later on the BYU TV. We are live in Studio B on an undefeated Monday with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. As per custom of every Monday during football season, our pleasure to welcome in ESPN college football insider and analyst, a national champion at BYU, Trevor Maddich, for another Maddich Monday. Trevor, how was your weekend overall, given that BYU squeaked by UTSA? Well, that added a little bit of stress to the weekend, but overall it was great. There was a lot of drama overall in college football. It was a lot of fun. And by the way, I'm nobody's fashionist plate, but Spencer, the cat in the hat called and he wants his shirt back. <laughs> <laughs> I need Blaine Fowler to recite the whole book because he can do it by memory. Yeah, Blaine, Blaine <laughs> your, your old teammate on the 84 National Title team, he's unbelievable with the poetry and uh, Dr. Seuss and whatnot. So, yeah, let's talk about yeah, it. I, I, by the way, just a real quick thing about Blaine. He was one of the heroes of that national championship year all year long, but then in the game, the Holiday Bowl against Michigan, he came in when Robbie was hurt and kept things going. Blaine Fowler was one of the heroes of that year. Absolutely. We love Blaine. Let's talk about the result on Saturday. BYU wins by seven. Vegas said, hey, this is a 35-point line. People uh, a little bugged with how close the game was, yet we look back in 1984 and we see five single-digit games. They happen. You don't always play great, uh, but BYU got the win. Sometimes you play great and the other team plays great too. Sometimes you don't have your A game, now you have to win. The thing is, when things are going well, it's easy. When you're blowing out teams by 40 points, everybody's dancing on the sideline, it looks great, it's fun, it's easy. The hard part is when things aren't going quite so well, the other start, other side gets some momentum and some confidence and they start making plays, now what do you do? And this was the first time all season this BYU team has been faced with that. And so they, and I actually tweeted that out, 
that they were actually in a fight now with a team, UTSA, by the way, that came into that game ranked number one in Conference USA in sacks, number one in takeaways, number three in total offense. I mean, I think some BYU fans, not knowing much about them, looked at the roadrunner on their helmet and figured, okay, well, gee, this should be an easy sweep. But it turns out that's a really capable team that can make plays on both sides of the ball, and they did. And BYU was faced with that kind of adversity, and they were able to gut out a tough win, and that says something for them as well. Trevor, despite BYU being without James Empey and Tristan Hodge and Jake Oldroyd, the Cougars maintained the lead for most of the game. That said, you were a center, and you know how vital and critical that position is. How much was BYU affected by not having James Empey for a second week in a row? You're always affected when you don't have a, a true star at any position, and Empey is a true star. But I don't know that replacements on the offensive line were the reason for this. I mean, BYU actually played better than I think a lot of people think. They had 10 actual offensive drives, right? The last drive they were running out the clock. They scored touchdowns on four of those 10. They fumbled it away on the first one. And by the way, UTSA is really good at those takeaways, so give them some credit as well. They second drive um, didn't convert a fourth down, and you won't convert every single fourth down. There's no... You know, there's there's no harm in that necessarily. And so you've got an offense that missed some opportunities that wasn't necessarily clicking on all cylinders, but that still put up very good numbers and still didn't bog down when they got into scoring position as much as it seems like. I mean, they scored four touchdowns. They had no field goals. And I think the offense was fine. The defense, I think, is where um, they need to tighten a few things up. The defense played well most of the game. But UTSA scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. One of them was an extension of a drive from the third quarter. Those two touchdown drives by UTSA featured three pass plays of over 30 yards, including both touchdowns. And that's something that BYU's defense will need to clean up. Now, it's not just BYU's defense, though, that runs into this from time to time. You've got other defenses all over the country that are supposed to be some of the best in the country that have struggled at times giving up a big play once in a while, which puts them behind the, the eight, eight ball a little bit. Alabama had that same kind of problem against Ole Miss. Ole Miss has a great def, a great offense, but Alabama's defense got torched a lot. Now, does that mean they can't play? No. It means that on that day, they faced an opponent who had good players who got hot. They got behind the curve a little bit, and they had to struggle to fight to keep up. It's okay for that to happen. It's actually good if you use it as a catalyst to then move on with greater focus. BYU wins by seven. Certainly the margin was a storyline, yet that kind of went away a little bit once the polls came out on Sunday, and initially BYU was 15th. The voter didn't have BYU in there. They corrected. BYU's up to 14 in the AP poll, 13 in what we call the SID poll, a.k.a. the coaches poll. BYU climbed a spot. Uh, Tennessee losing certainly helped. They were in front of it. But uh, BYU continues to climb in the polls. How high do you think they can climb in the next couple weeks before Boise State? You know what? This game against Houston is going to be tough. If they win it, I think they'll get even more cachet with those who vote in these polls. The thing is they could rise up to potentially touching the top 10 because that AP poll is already including uh, the Big Ten and the Pac-12, even though they haven't played yet. And so they've got a chance if they keep winning to move up. Other teams will lose because other teams, frankly, will end up facing teams in the top 10 that are ranked ahead of them. BYU doesn't have that opportunity right now. And so they can keep moving up. 
the fun of that for fans is that we can we can think of BYU as a top 10 team. From a recruiting standpoint, you can have that top 10. You can go to recruit and you can say, look, you want to play for a top 10 program? Look at us. You can come here and make us even better. We can rise even higher. All those things are really good. But for the team, what they have to do is what they've been doing is stay focused on the moment. And that's why this close win against UTSA is actually good for that. It's Nick Saban of Alabama's favorite dream that he wins a game, but the team doesn't execute as well as they could so that he can hammer them in practice. They will pay attention to him because they saw the tape and know they didn't play their best, but they still have the win under their belt. And that's the key really to continue to rise in the polls. ESPN's Trevor Maddich with us on BYU Sports Nation. It's another Maddich Monday. How much do you buy into hype affecting the way that BYU played against UTSA specifically? By saying that hype had a role in it, there's this suggestion that they didn't prepare as well as they could or they got sloppy. Now, I think it's reasonable that college football players – won't be able to maintain the same level of, of maximum focus for the week of practice every single week. That's difficult to do. But I would not suggest that BYU at all took a step back, looked at themselves in the mirror, combed their hair, flipped up their collar, and said, hey, we are super cool. We're like Fonzie in the 80s, right? <laughs> I don't think they did that at all. I just think it's sort of the ebb and flow of the season, and that's why I say that when things are going well, it's easy. When they're not going well, now what do you do? When you're in a fight, now what do you do? And so they came into this game, and whether they weren't fully ready or whether they just ran into a buzzsaw that they didn't expect, either way, they ended up doing what they needed to do, and I'm proud of them for the way that they fought. Zach Wilson has another good game, 22 of 30, 292, Mm -hmm. two touchdowns, no picks, has a rushing uh, touchdown as well. He becomes the fastest Cougar to 1,000 yards in a season by attempts, only 73. Are we seeing a special quarterback season from Zach Wilson? Yeah, we're absolutely seeing a special quarterback season. He has taken a quantum leap from last year to this year. I think part of it is that he has grown as a quarterback and he's understanding defenses even better, and he's throwing balls based on that. Part of it is that his receivers have really stepped up. In the opener against Navy, I'm not sure he had the – chemistry with them that he wanted and and why would he because spring was limited he was limited in his ability to throw to them in the summer on their own and then fall camp was limited as well so everybody every offense in the country for the most part has struggled with chemistry to one degree or another the fact that he's gotten that chemistry so quickly is amazing because his trust for those receivers is really the the foundation of his success through the air right now he's got the accuracy he's got the moxie But when the trust switch flipped, he started to put the ball out there and trust those guys to make a play, trust them to not blow it and be out of position and make what would have been a completion an interception. That happens to quarterbacks all the time, and the quarterback gets the finger pointed at him. But when he flipped the switch to trust them and they paid off that trust by fighting for those footballs and making him right every time, that's when I think Zach took the next step because his talent was already there. I will suggest this, guys, that uh, last year, Jake Fromm of Georgia, their quarterback, who's now in the NFL, uh, threw three picks against South Carolina. Everybody was saying how awful he was. I did a breakdown that showed it wasn't him. It was the receivers. He threw the ball in the right spot. The receiver wasn't there. He threw threw the ball on, on an out route to the right. The receiver got turned around, and he ended up cutting in, but the ball was already in the air 
where he was supposed to be. It was a pick six. Everybody talked about how Fromm was so wrong. It was the receiver. And so that chemistry with the receiver is a leap of faith. And Zach taking that leap, I think, has paid dividends. Trevor, you talked about the oft-cliche-used uh, wake-up call that can come from a game like this. So what type of BYU team do you expect to show up when they go on the road and play in front of fans for the first time against Houston? You know, I think, Spencer, that we'll see their very best, and they will have to have their very best. This Houston team is a real threat. I mean, they had their opener canceled, I think, five consecutive times. They hadn't played until this last week. Then they looked like it against Tulane early. They gave up two defensive touchdowns. They spotted Tulane 14 points right off the bat. And they came back and beat Tulane by 18, by almost three touchdowns. And so this Houston team, once they got their feet under them, was really dynamic. And now that they've got that game under their belt, they're no longer rookies coming into this season. Now they're ready to play football. And so BYU has got to give it their A game to have a chance to win. We've always pointed to this game as on the schedule as one that they would need to win. That would be a huge challenge. That means after the schedule got reworked and we saw Houston as being potentially the toughest game to that point. And based on their play against Tulane, it will be. So I expect BYU to absolutely focus and to absolutely play their best game. Trevor, I among- really hopes it's going to be enough. Yep, absolutely. Big game with Houston Friday. Among the power rankings of ESPN analysts who live in Nashville, you are on the uh-huh. list with Kirk Herbstreet. Kirk has BYU for the second week in a row, two out in his college football uh, rankings of those who have played. Is that uh, a blue goggled take? What do you think? No, I think that's fair. I think, I mean, look who has played, right? ACC, SEC. Uh, Big 12. The Big 12 has gotten itself in a whole lot of trouble by losing three games on opening weekend to the Sun Belt. And then theoretically, their two marquee teams, Texas and Oklahoma, both have two losses already. So the Big 12, I think you can say, doesn't get the benefit of the doubt for that fourth spot. Big 10 and Pac-12 aren't playing yet. Other teams in the group of five haven't been as dominant as BYU has been. So then you've got who's available, ACC, SEC. In the ACC, since Notre Dame is playing as a full member of the ACC for this season only, if they and Clemson split, if Notre Dame beats them in a few weeks at Notre Dame and then Clemson beats them in the conference championship, if Alabama and Georgia in the SEC split, uh, Georgia and Alabama play this week, and then if the one that loses that wins the SEC championship game, that's four teams right there that you would be hard-pressed to not put in if you're not considering the Pac-12 and the Big Ten teams that are playing now. That's Kurt's standard, right? So if you get two from the ACC, which you could, two from the SEC, which you could, BYU is now the second out of that. That means that they've got to be better than number three, ACC or SEC, or anybody else to get into that second spot. I think it's fair to put BYU there until we start to see the Big Ten or the Pac-12. Trevor, great to catch up with you. I close with this, a quote from a cat in the hat or the cat in the hat. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me now. It is fun to have fun, but you have to know how. Clearly, I know how to have fun, right? Look at me. That's what the shirt says. <laughs> I thought it was appropriate. Oh, the shades. All right, Jeremy, here we go. I got something other than my black plastic shirt next time. <laughs> All I heard was college football playoff and BYU. I have to put them on. I'm sorry. <laughs> Trevor, thanks for the time, man. We'll talk to you again soon.
Thanks, guys. Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First <laughs> Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show out. I don't know what I'm laughing at. These glasses are the shirt and the pump. Yeah. I love the shirt. I'm not anti the shirt. I love the shirt. Do people give me a hard look time? Look at me. Look at me. Look at me now. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what the shirt says. Listen, we're, we're in the business of marketing. Let's go. Coming up, the debut of a segment called Check My Mentions. Mm, cannot wait for this. Plus... Will there be a fifth Cougar to eclipse a century mark this season? What does this mean? This is BYU Sports Nation. Clips of the heart. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Tomorrow at 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app, it's BYU football with Kalani Sitake. 45th birthday, Saturday. Congrats. Coach Gregor Bell reviewed the UTSA game for the Houston, plus the film room and the blue with Troy Warner and running back Tyler Algier. Join the program. He is Jeremiah Spencer, and this is a Monday edition of BYU Sports Nation. Winning is still really fun, even when you do it and it's close. Time now for the Cougar Whip Around, presented by Visible Supply and Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Four BYU players have a 100-yard game to their name rushing or receiving this year. Will there be a fifth? Yes, and there will be a sixth and a seventh and an eighth and a ninth, Jerem. You think there will be nine different players that have 100 okay, yards? Maybe not that many. I got going on the LeBron James thing, right? Right. Well, not that, was, that was like 2012. Not a long time ago. Yeah, there will be there will be somebody else. Neil Pau is capable of having a 100 yard receiving game. Yeah, that I, could happen. I think Neil. I think Sione Finau at running yes. back uh, is one. By the way, it's Gunnar Romney, Dax Mill, and Tyler Algier. It's pretty cool. Zach Wilson named the Pro Football Focus Quarterback of the Week. Shocker. Are you surprised, Jerem? Yeah, I, I thought Connor Baselick of Missouri should have gotten, actually. Uh, 29 of 34, 406, four touchdowns in win versus LSU. That's pretty awesome. Basically, anyone who plays LSU should be the uh, quarterback of the week. Uh, Mac Jones. I was going to say, Mac Jones Alabama, is amazing, too. 28 of 32, 417, two touchdowns. Sam Ellinger in a loss is pretty good, too, at six touchdowns. Granted, four OTs. But, no, Zach was in the mix, for sure. I'm not sure it was the best performance, but uh, he gets it. We just need to ask Cam Meller about that. He'll break it down for us. Fun fact. Do you know who got the highest offensive grade among quarterbacks in PFF? No. UTSA's quarterback. How Nar- about that? Narcisse. For just a second half. The backup. Second was Wilson. A backup quarterback playing well against BYU. Go figure. It was a terrible history. <laughs> okay, more impressive Wilson this season. Zach Wilson or Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is having an... NFL MVP type campaign. Zach Wilson yeah, is having the number a one guy right now. top five Heisman type campaign thus far, which is very impressive. Russell Wilson is the best quarterback in the world right now. So it's got to be Russell Wilson. I think it's Russ. Zach is doing uh, great. Like if you compare the two, obviously NFL and college, like a little different in like how many possessions you have due to the clock management and whatnot. But uh, Zach has a higher completion percentage yard per attempts and yards per game. Russell has more TDs. But Zach's having a great year, but the way Russ is playing, and like last night, so clutch. 94-yard field, one timeout, like a buck 20, fourth down and goal. Just right. As a fan of both Wilsons, it's fun right now. Yes, they're both undefeated. John Rothstein of CBS Sports confirms BYU basketball playing the Legends Classic in Connecticut, joining USC, UConn, and Vanderbilt. Which potential opponent would do the most good for BYU's net ranking. You'd think UConn, but USC had a 45 net. UConn was 60 last year. And two years ago, none of those three teams were in the top 87, by the way, in net. So hopefully it's all three. 
But uh, it's good that BYU is in a quality MTE. Just give me one top 50 because that's a tier one game. On yeah. a neutral court, be in the top 50. Yeah, Play that upon. That will help BYU. More impressive Cosmo stunt. Rollerblades or bubble? Oh, it's Cosmo bubble boy moment. <laughs> that was unbelievable. When we saw them rehearsing it, during uh, BYU Sports Nation live in the stadium, it was hilarious. Granted, the backflip onto a mat on rollerblades. Gainer, right? Is, yeah, sorry. The gainer. Blaine Fowler flip. clarified, yeah. Yes. But the bubble moment is still the top, though. This uh, someone showed up at the Lakers impromptu celebration last night in a bubble, by the way, which is social distancing. Uh, Cosmo, I'm excited to see what Cosmo does for Texas State. We've had bubble, we've had roadway. What else is happening? Um, I'm. Do we know that that Cosmo didn't have an ACL tear in that moment? I mean, that, that was some serious impact. Are you was, okay? Are you all right? I'm hoping you're all right. Yeah, but Cosmo's the GOAT, man. Cosmo is the GOAT. Okay, coming up, a big week for someone in profit. Plus, how BYU's previous opponents did some good work for the Coops. Yeah. This is BYU Sports Nation. Yeah. Oh. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us Wednesday to take you to the Marriott Center for a live commercial-free broadcast of men's basketball practice. This is the first. We're excited. 8 Eastern on the BYU TBS. What will I be doing in Houston that night? That's right. I'll be watching the BYU basketball practice. It'll be on demand. It'll be on demand. You can watch it whenever. I would say enjoy Houston, then catch it up later. I got work to do. Let's be honest. We got to go uh, do a bunch of stuff. In That's what I mean. Enjoy Houston. Like, see Houston. Do the job. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation and Studio B. We are now tracking Cougar opponents. Presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. I don't know if you heard about this, but the Cougars are playing the Cougars of Houston, uh, who beat Tulane 49 31 on Thursday. Despite losing the turnover margin 5 0, that's just the eighth time since 2008 an FBS team has had that margin and won. By the way, Boise State did it against BYU in 2016. Uh, they also trailed by 17. BYU opens as a four point favorite in the game. Brett Murphy aptly pointed out that Tulane is the Atlanta Falcons of college football. Mm. Take a big lead, lose it late. Eh, they have a winning record. The Troy Trojans and our guy Ryan Pugh moved to 2-1 and one on the season with a 37-17 win over Texas State, who falls to 1-4 and four on the season. Texas State will visit Provo in 12 days. Before that, they'll take on South Alabama. As for Troy, they face Eastern Kentucky on Saturday. Western Kentucky, not Eastern, loses 38-14 to Marshall and is 1-3 this season. The Hilltoppers play at UAB Saturday. I thought Western Kentucky might be a good team. They were 9-4 last year. They've proven otherwise. They're one yeah. of three so far. My G5 anxiety index is uh, basically non-existent at this point for the Hilltoppers. Maybe they bounce back. Boise State, still a week out from opening their season against Utah State on October 24th. Who are BYU fans rooting for in that game, I wonder? Fellow Mountain West Conference <laughs> team and another future BYU opponent, San Diego State, opens up next week against UNLV. North Alabama, a.k.a. North Alabama. Is playing four games this fall as an FCS team. They'll play in the spring, too, uh, regular season. They lost at Liberty uh, the first game. They host Jacksonville State Saturday. They're going to game with BYU later. Navy rebounds from their loss to Air Force with a 31-29 conference win over Temple. The Middies are 2-0 in the AAC. Navy travels to ECU on Saturday. Hey, careful. BYU's lost that game before. And uh, La Tech beat UTEP 21-17. I still want to call them Texas Western. 
Both teams had fewer than 275 yards. Very compelling and rich. Ooh. The Bulldogs are 3-1 and one and play Marshall this week. By the way, Army survived against the Citadel 14-9. I'm fine if BYU does not reschedule that game. Sorry. I don't know that it helps. <laughs> Maybe. If BYU doesn't have a game on November 28th right. and they need one, right. yeah, it's right. good. Right. Okay, today... We unveil something that, frankly, we've wanted to do for a long time. Yeah, we get a lot of weird mentions from uh, some of you. Not all of you. Most of you are cool. Some of you are weird. We're weird, let's be honest. So we wanted to play a game where we check our mentions. Yes. Understandably, it's called <laughs> Check My Mentions. Let's go. Yeah, as Jeremy said, we get hit up on social media all day, every day, 24-7. Twitter's always open. Yeah. This is Twitter only. We won't even get to the Instagram. All right. Jerem, this in from at Mr. Underscore Notham. Breaking. Zach Wilson is a wizard. I love this. So he's got Doctor Strange, Stephen Strange from uh, the Marvel Universe, who kind (laughs) of pulls his hands up, right, to, like, cast a spell. And here's Zach Wilson's offhand. Now, I believe this is against La Tech. Throwing the ball. I like that. This is a favorable mention. Well yeah, done, they, yeah, Mr. Yeah, this Nothen. one's good. We'll get to some ones that are uh, not so good. Okay. Uh, okay, as BYU struggled Saturday, I tweeted the following. BYU will probably drop five spots tomorrow in the polls. Cougar board. <laughs> At Chi-Town North. Said 99.9% of Cougar board. Everyone except me also said Taysom should quit football and go into finance. Because Tanner Mango was the next Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> hmm. Taysom Hill quite literally could be the next Drew Brees in New Orleans. Or Zach Wilson could be, according to Ooh. CBS Sports. Uh, more Cougar Board fun. At Warfasaur tweeted at me. Uh, LOL, what's your Cougar Board username? After I tweeted, <laughs> in response to my tweet about watching the polls and paying attention to uh, the opening of him. Because I said, oh, they moved up to 14. I didn't realize some voter said, oh, I forgot BYU. Let's change it. True story. I thought somebody... Uh, I, th- I thought Cougar Board was prohibited in this building because somebody joked about that a few years back, and I was like, oh, really? They blocked Cougar Board on our internet and <laughs> broadcasting? It was a joke. But now we don't but have it, usernames. I'm giving them way, them way too much power. Good grief. Oh, and by the way, my uh, handle is El Jefe. Oh, snap. If you know, you know. At Weiler underscore Tweaks 33. Apparently is blaming the BYU performance against UTSA all on the uniforms. Yep, heard this one. BYU should never wear Navy again. First three games Royal, this game Navy. <laughs> sure, it's irrational that it affects anything, but Royal is the better jersey anyway. Put Navy back in the closet. It's time has passed. I'm interested to see what BYU equipment tweets out this week. They've been at the forefront of what's happening. It's Royal pants. White oh, they already tops. put it out? Yes. Oh, so Royal back in. Yes, and they even said Royal the Gifford Nielsen look is coming back as an ode to Gifford, who is a Houston, Houston guy. Yeah, it played for the Oilers, of course, uh, did sports broadcasting for many years there. Yep, White That's Royal Elder Nielsen. Royal pants. Elder, show some respect here. I will take my elders. Royal pants to Houston. I will do that. Of course you will. Mm-hmm. No one can change that. <laughs> uh, the engineers in the building the other day said, we had a contest to see if we were wondering if Spencer had any uh, jeans. Finally wore some. <laughs> At Cougar Chick. He's playing Twitter ref on Saturday with this post. At Jeremy Jordan. Hi. My wish is that the two players on the other team, one face mask on Zach and one disqualified for targeting, get thrown off their team. No room in college football for that type of behavior. Mm. ESPN made a big deal about that. The, the dude, last name Wisdom. Not a smart decision. Use your wisdom. Yeah. Two weeks in a row. 
He missed the first half of this game, and then he missed the first half of the next game. Yeah, he can't lead with helmet. That's dangerous. No, I, I feel bad that he has to miss more time, but watch what you're tackling. I don't. If you play like that, you need to be out. Watch the, what you're tackling. Don't you know see the, what you hit. Don't you know the rules? Of the game? Come on. All right. And our favorite yep. tweet, Jerem. Okay. The, 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 uh, at Kukbaka. I blame this close game on Jerem Jordan and Spencer Linton. <laughs> telling all the players how good they are, inflating their egos. Guys, you're not helping this team. You should have been talking like you did against Troy. Questioning the 14-point spread or in this case. To which I responded, Oh, our bad. Yep, we were the only ones doing that. <laughs> also, it's the coach's job to do that, not ours. Uh, Kugbaka did apologize. He apologized. He later. Yes, he, yeah. he, he followed that up with, we, uh, hey, sorry for calling you out. Yeah, it clearly didn't affect BYU in the rankings. Yeah. Everything's good. Listen, tweet at us. We love it. We love this stuff. If it's weird, we're going to throw it in here. If it's not, you know, it's all good. The emotions are good. By the way, uh, the GOAT, Cosmo, just tweeted at us. Yeah. Oh, nice. Thank you for the love, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Cosmo! I like that mention. Woo! I like that mention. Let's go. Coming up, Ryzen, shout out to Comebacks. And Jason Shepard wins in prop picks, but still takes an L over the weekend. Wait, Ben, did you write this? This is BYU Sports News. <laughs> This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Welcome back with your daily reminder, our show available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or download the podcast, Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. Our prop pick standings going into the weekend, Jerem, as we recap now game number four. Yep. Had you with a one-point lead over Jason. What a one-point lead over me, 11 to 10 to 9. A big weekend for Shep. Puts him in charge. Okay, let's go. Uh, spoiler, this is a spoiler-free environment. What are you doing? Uh, number one, more Zach Wilson rushing or passing TDs. He had two passing, one rushing. We all said passing. Yes, so, not a shocker. There you go. We all got it. Second prop pick, which team will play more quarterbacks in the game, BYU or UTSA? I thought this one was really easy based on what UTSA was doing and did. We all said UTSA. They played two. BYU played one. Zach Wilson. Baylor Romney did not get in the game for the first time this season. I thought it might be a push when I found out that UTSA had some banged up quarterbacks. So I thought, oh, they'll play two, but is BYU going to play two? (laughs) Banged up, they played four. Jeez. Uh, here we go. Number three, BYU or UTSA, which team will have a better red zone TD conversion percentage? UTSA only got in once, didn't score. Uh, both their touchdowns came from 30-plus. Uh, BYU, four of five. We all said BYU. We all get it. So, so far, perfect. the quest for perfection is on. Hey, here's where things get weird. Number four, over under one fourth quarter Zach Wilson pass attempt. <laughs> he had not attempted one in the first three games. Zach in the fourth quarter, three for five, 33 yards. He threw five passes in the fourth quarter. The game was in the balance. Jason was the only one that said it would be over one pass. Mm. He got it right. Okay, and last but not least, more Tyler Batty sacks or interceptions by the BYU defense. Tyler Batty didn't have a sack. He wasn't the same Tyler Batty that we know and love. Whose name we're like, wait, who, what? And BYU had an interception yeah. on the worst pass thrown in the history That's, of Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Yeah, yeah. Outside of a couple cheerleaders trying to chuck it to the upper bowl, yes. Uh, <laughs> Jason gets it with the interception. You were aggressive with the push. I said sacks. BYU did not get pressure. Yeah, on I the thought there would be one and one. So when the interception yeah. happens, I was like, okay, Tyler Batty, get a sack. Just one sack. Somebody get a sack. Nope. Didn't happen. Nope. 
Okay, Jason Shepard, five for five this week. How about that? Baltim into the lead. Wow. He's got 15 points out of a potential 20 through four games, so he's 75% thus far. Listen, unlike the Chiefs yesterday, Jason brought it. You're only one behind 14 out of 20, and I'm 12 out of 20. i got to take some more uh, aggressive That's kind of my maturity get back number as thing. well, like my age. 14. <laughs> yep. Got to pick your battles here if you want to stay close in this game. Our question of the day, what was the best and worst of BYU's win against UTSA? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at WDHeath40 on Twitter. The best, Neil Pau's touchdown grab was incredible. One so of the good. best catches I've seen, sideline catches specifically. Worst, fumbles. Each fumble was preventable and killed momentum. The most important, a win on an off day. Right, meaning the rankings, right? Um, yeah, G- great catch. By the way, that's the end line. Yes. Sidelines on the side. Back yeah. of the end zone, the All end good. Line. All good. Know what you mean. Okay, today's rise shout-outs are presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Neil Pau missed a year uh, because of some off-the-field issues, came back, and that's, that's a win. He did the same thing, if you will, in the game. He fumbles in the red zone on the first drive, yet he comes back with one of the best catches we've ever seen in the Lavelle Edwards Stadium. That is a microcosm for life. Yes, you can struggle, but you can also come back. So nice job by Neil overcoming that fumble. Uh, he catches at the 10, gets stripped, and, yeah, that, that changed kind of the game, right? Yet he comes back and makes this incredible catch in the back of the end zone on fourth and goal to get the score. So nice job by Neil, continuing to show us that comebacks are possible. Let's go, Neil. My rise and shout-out goes to Alex Smith. The Not often Ute. we do this for a Utah player, but he returned to the NFL yesterday, played for the Redskins. This is a guy that had a The Washington life- football team. Sorry. The Washington football team, thank you. This is a guy that had a life-threatening leg Seriously? Crazy. He almost died because of this. How about they protect him and not allow him to get sacked six times next time? He's back. Good to see him back on the field. Very cool. Our thanks to today's guest, Trevor Maddox. Sorry to Dennis Petta. Hello, Jerem. If you want to converse with us for Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Lance Pendleton, Coordinator's Corner, up next on the BYU TV app.